Welcome to The Diamond Mine with David Fuller, a podcast from the Rough Diamond Academy. Hello and welcome to The Diamond Mine. Uh, my name is David Fuller, for those of you that don't know me, and uh, today I have a guest with me from my hometown of Melbourne, Carissa Smart. Um, and Chris is here to talk about a number of things, actually, um, her work as a designer uh, and a graphic designer, and also we'll probably get into a little bit about her life as an Instagram influencer. <laughs> so welcome, Carissa. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> so first thing I'm going to touch on, I'm in lockdown here in Melbourne. We're a few mm-hmm. suburbs that are in lockdown. Are you in lockdown? No. <laughs> So you get to go out for lucky coffee. Ones. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm semi-locked down like you. I'm treating it like as if it's semi-locked down. Sur- with the capability of going out if I need to. You have to be <laughs> surrounded by people in lockdown. Though. I know where you live. I'm so. pretty much surrounded. Well, at least you can get out. And I'm sure there's many people listening to this around the world. who. Mm. So where are we? I don't know. Early July. This will go out, but um, early yeah. July. So it's interesting. It's um, well, it's kind of interesting to know where people are at in this sort of COVID world at the moment. So, completely different scenarios wherever you are. So let's talk about COVID for a little bit and how it's impacted you. You, you run a graphic design business uh, and have done for well, I don't know how many years. You're going on twelve years, thirteen years. Yeah. How, how has this impacted your your business? Um. Well, from a design perspective, um, I guess greatly. It's probably the first thing that um, businesses cut their costs and all their budgets. So I'm usually the first to go, whether there's COVID or no no COVID. Um, uh, my Instagram work, pretty much instantly budgets were cut. You know, that's pretty much gone. Bar a few kind of that were willing to kind of just keep their budgets running as normal, but that's, I guess, pretty rare. Um, design work, um, I've got the odd client that, you know, I work for uh, government schools, so obviously they're as normal, so um, all that kind of work continued, so that was really good. So I have a buffer with those kind of jobs. Um, Handy. Yeah. Up and down. I mean, some jobs were almost overnight, just see you later. So. We sort of work hand in hand, you and I. Yeah. I mean, because you, you do design, I, I build sites and do mm. design stuff as well. So um, for Chris and I, probably worked together, I don't know, at least probably seven, eight years, probably. Yeah. Like, and yeah. we've been doing some work together. So, and Chris is actually responsible for the design of the uh, Rough Diamond Academy logo, actually. Mm. Just remembered that. <laughs> so he often does my logo design, etc. Um, so I know exactly how you feel because. As a consultant in the web space, um, yeah, we tend to to be pretty, um, well, certainly the first to go. Yeah. Always. Um, <laughs> when, when there's a downturn. <laughs> so yeah, no the, joys, of, yeah. the joys of running a small business. So do you yeah. work on your own? Of course, yes. It's just you? <laughs> yep, just me. I should say just you. It's yeah. No, no just about it. <laughs> um, Plenty of me. There's... Along, along with the, the, the design work, you do... Photography as well. Mm-hmm. Little side things. And I do lots of little things that I guess work together to create one little business. Yeah. Particularly for web though, mm. you often do. I mean, I know you've done with the schools that yep. I 
worked with in conjunction with you, you do a lot of the photography for the sites as well right, yeah. handles. so hopefully that i don't know is, is still going as well yeah obviously yeah at the moment there's no photography work because <laughs> yeah there's no schools open so you know when they're all shut down and i, I can social distance but <laughs> there's got to be kids there to photograph <laughs> that's true they're closed at the moment anyway it's school holidays i think aren't they yeah yeah I always forget I've got grandchildren. I never know when schools are out. That's right. Comes as, I usually only know when the uh, when the traffic is lighter, but it's hard to tell. Yeah, at the moment. So, crazy. Let's talk a little bit about um, graphic design mm-hmm. um, and your own work in that. So you do even within that graphic design, you do you do a whole I don't know um, bunch of stuff. You do you've even got product that you design and sell on your site as well. Yep. It's a bit of stationery on the side. So I do um, like an agenda and a notebook that I've just whipped up myself and then um, some downloadable products as well. So I guess having that design background allowed me to, yeah, create little side hustle on the, yeah. And side hustle. <laughs> got to try it out. <laughs> We've all got them. That's right. Um, but yeah, um, the design works just, comes from all areas so I do the school work and advertising work with you um, and then any other jobs that come up in the process I'm curious about your thoughts on logo design for one I know, I know a lot of people always want to get a logo. they get a logo start a business they want to get a logo and they're like I don't want to spend any money um, <laughs> and um, so that they'll, they'll go out and try and get logos done wherever What's your, what's your approach to to building a brand sort of image for a client? What's I think I think if someone comes to you with an idea for a business and their first point of call is they come to you and they say I want a logo, I think you've got to really, as a designer, I guess, suss them out. How serious are you? You know, is this? And then I think in terms of budget as well, if they if they've got no budget, you can pretty much you've got to. I guess learn, I've learned over the years, you've got to walk away, you know, um, time is money and, you know, but um, people just, I guess, assume that I just need a logo, whip it up, you know, then I'm all set, ready to go. It's, it's five, five minute job, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> every time. <laughs> and it shouldn't cost much. No, but really, I mean, I always, I approach it as, um, and try and, I guess, convince the client that, um your logo is your identity it's this is going to be with you hopefully for many many years to come you know this is of course it can change and it can evolve over the years but it's your first point of call when someone's going to recognize you you know the color are you going to be recognized for the style of it you know is it going on a product or you know it's huge like this is your identity so um the importance of it is huge so you should be willing to I know, depending what the business is, it um, if it's a product, yeah, you've got a lot, a lot of um, overlays, and you know, it's going to cost you a lot. But um, if you're willing to spend the money and design a really good logo, it's going to benefit you long term. This is an interesting thought. So, do you do you try to work with the client to 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 think ahead and see if they might potentially have product down the track or what their dreams are in a sense. So they think, where's this going to go in the long term? Or where's yeah, it- I mean, as a design, as a designer, um, 
that's so important because I need to know what, what is it going on? Is it going on a website? Is it going on the product? You know, does it need to work on its own, you know, with, um, with writing on billboards on, you know, where's it going? Does it need, you know, what kind of presence is it going to have on, um, products and, you know, just down the track, you know, you can't just whip up something overnight and expect it just to work for the next 10 years, you know? That's a really interesting point, actually, when it comes to logos. I've, I've certainly been, you know, I don't run one now, but I ran a, a design agency um, as well as a web agency for years. And um, one of the things we always took into account was the fact that a lot of people will get a logo done thinking that it's just going to go on their website. And then later on, and, and they might have got a, like a cheap logo done from some someone on Fiverr or whatever. Um, and then they've come back and they're like, oh, can you, I need to make this big to go on the side of a van. But the, the actual assets they've got from those designers are tiny. You, it's like, you know, like a small JPEG or, or yeah. PNG and they're now expecting to use that somewhere else. I think the amount of times I've been approached not to design a logo, but to fix a logo. Yeah, right. That's exactly where I was going. Well, they, they've had it designed 10 years ago. And of course, things, you know, are different now. Um, but I guess if you haven't got the right person on board, then you know, they've designed it in Word or something, you know, um, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, getting it designed properly is super important. So I think that's one of those things, traps for young players, isn't it? Where, yeah, it might be cheap or it might be easy to do it yourself in Word. But at some point in time, if your business grows and expands, you're probably going to face with the fact that you're going to have to redesign and redo that so that it's scalable. That's right. And then, you know, if they haven't thought about that, if they're going through change in a logo, you're almost starting again. You've got to have that brand recognition again. And, you know, it's a big job. Like when, even when a big brand now, like, changes their logo, you know, it's, make or break like whether that brand's mm. last like mm. i don't know if you saw what was the logo that's just been launched uh now they've spent millions of dollars and it looks like the covid logo oh, no i haven't seen that one whoops oh the australia made logo which oh, was really? the triangle with the kangaroo yeah. yeah they've changed it to this gold logo that looks like kind of like the coronavirus <laughs> Oh, I wonder which one came first, whether it was in process and they'd gone down that track. I, yeah, I don't think they meant, meant it to be like that, but I mean, you know. And that's uh, another aspect of design, isn't it? That you've, it's like. And like, they've spent millions. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And you can spend millions on logos. That's right. <laughs> I'm always stunned when I hear that, but there's a lot, a lot of thought that goes into a logo. Um, I don't know, what's your favourite sort of, I mean, we're talking logos here, but. Do you see brand as bigger than logo? Do I see it? Or is it just logo to you? I mean, I can look at a logo and be like, that's so ugly, like, you know. <laughs> but, you know, if it's aesthetically pleasing to me. But, um, I mean, there's, I guess, when you think of clothing brands and that, I mean, they make, they sell, it doesn't matter what the clothing is, as long as it's got a logo on it, you know, it's so cool. sold, you know, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I guess... I'm pretty persuaded by a logo sometimes. You know? that's, that's that recognition, isn't it? I, guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, I tend to see brand as much bigger than just the logo. It's mm -hmm. everything from the way you pick up a telephone and answer it through to yeah. the way you 
mm. you know, the imagery you use as well as your logo. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Such an important thing. Once you get the brand recognition, there's mm. that association with logo and it sticks from then on. That's right. And that's why it's so important. <laughs> I always wonder what came first, you know, the fries or the golden arches, you know. Mm. I'm pretty sure <laughs> probably the fries, you know. But once you've associated the two. Yeah, that's right. There's no taking it apart. That's, that's brand. Mm -hmm. uh, recognition and redesigning logos is quite a uh, that's always fun <laughs> I don't know do you start from scratch or do you try and is it more evolution or revolution yeah I guess it depends what, what the client wants but um, I always if they've got a bit of history like I've gone through the process of um, a school that's been you know it's 30 40 years old and they want to re revamp um, and you don't want to dismiss you know their heritage and you know their tradition um but i guess this school they changed colors they changed uniform everything changed so it was pretty open slather to so let's that's, start again that's a revolution at the same time i guess the overall goal of a school is education and it's you know they might have their values and whatever but um yeah the overall look is still going to be education isn't it so um the the look changed completely but ultimately you know it stayed the same but they were willing to revamp so they're always it gives you a lot more freedom do you, do you start with like pencil and paper sketching or or lots of lots of little ideas i've seen i've seen various ways people attack this stuff so you know lots of little sketches or ideas and then work yeah. up, or do you do you, do you hit the computer straight away um, I guess depending on the client, I might do some research about, you know, competitors just so that I can get out of my head, I guess, um, what to avoid as right. well, but also, you know, you're in competition. What, what's the common thread between all these brands, you know, that you've got to compete against. Um, then I might, you know, once I've got some research, um, then you've obviously got the client who's might have some ideas in mind and you know give you some um icons that they like or you know might have some words or whatever um then i usually go away maybe do a little bit of research but i try not to be too influenced i guess by other brands um if there's a particular icon that their client wants um i might go in and do some googling of different shapes or whatever that might be but if it's a completely new shape um, that's kind of not out there, doesn't exist, I might go pen to paper, but um, and then maybe scan it, you know, play around, and then it goes on the computer. But it all depends. Well, fair enough. So whatever the job requires. That's right. Yeah. And and you mentioned icons. So <laughs> how would you see? So what's an icon compared to a logo? Ooh. <laughs> That's always a tough one, isn't it? Because no, I, I always say to clients, do you want, you know, they might give you the name of their brand. Do you want the logo to be the name or do you want it to be separate to an icon? So an icon might be like a visual, like a... Yeah, a like if you, if you look at the, the Rough Diamond Academy, which you did, there's a diamond. That's right. It's a little bit not quite perfect because it's rough. Yeah. And that's the icon and then it's got the name. And yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people get confused what they want 
you know, and I, that's why I always say you can have both, but they can both work separately. They yeah. don't, have to, you know, a good logo should be able to be recognized together and separate. Yeah. I actually have a preference for that. I love to have both an icon and a, and a word or a name or letters yep. that can be separate. So yeah. that sometimes design it so much easier down the track as a web designer, like mm -hmm. someone who builds websites and, an icon is so handy. You can use it like as a favor con. You can use it in all sorts of different ways. Mm. Particularly, say for social media, sometimes the icon works better than the right. full logo and that sort of stuff. And, yeah. and and what about different layouts of logos? Mm. Can there only be one? No, options are always so much better. Having a portrait, landscape, like working black and white and in color. You know. You, the more options you have that give the same effect, no matter what orientation they are, the easier it is, I guess, for people like you doing websites. And even for me, when, say, I have to do a brochure or a business card, you know, you can separate the logo to the icon, have the name separately, and it can create watermarks. You can mm. you know, backgrounds and, you know, take different sections out of that logo. Um, it just gives you more options. Yeah, look, I love that. As a, once again, as a developer of websites, for example, having a horizontal logo is, is brilliant for header area of a, of a website. So it doesn't take up too much real estate. It's smaller, whereas a, a square icon or an icon that can easily fit in a square shape or even a circle is great for social media generally. Um, you know, whereas say banners on social media is probably, again, horizontal is, is really handy or the combination. Just yeah. And I think a lot of people don't think about this. This is where a professional comes in handy, Carissa. That's right. I'm plugging you now. I will put you. We're not silly. <laughs> not silly. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Years of experience doing this stuff. And I guess that's yeah. the difference between, you know. No, that's right. Um, you know. No, that's hard initially, I guess, someone who's working with someone who's not visual trying to embed that kind of those ideas. It, I guess it's very overwhelming, um, but having those options is going to make your life so much easier down the track when you try to implement. I mean, even if you got into um, clothing and you wanted the logo on a, yeah. on your t-shirt or you know, on stationery and, you know, and you've got to think of the bigger picture. And we're talking about that scalability and flexibility too, because a designer also understands the difference between say RGB and CMYK. Mm -hmm. We can never see MYK, isn't it? Yeah. But a designer. And different media mm. requires different colour yes. outputs. Just things to think about when you're designing logos. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, even when you're getting a logo from a designer, you should be getting the whole pack. You know, you shouldn't just be left with a, a little tiny little JPEG. You should have the EPS file so that you can scale it big, you know, you can go whatever size. Yeah should be an RGB for web. It should be in CMYK for print. You know, you've got to have the breakdown and a style guide of how you can use that logo when the designer's not there. You know, you need to know how to use it. And that's actually a really common thing with, with um, organisations that they'll present a style guide to use and it might be we want these certain, like if I'm given a brief to build a, a website and a designer's involved, which I always love, it's here's the breakdown this is how we want you to use the logo this is what you need to put the space around it this is yeah. the, the color palette that you get to use here are the breakdowns of um you know the hex um mm. you know values or the 
uh, yeah. RGBA values or whatever they're going to give me to work with. There'll be, here's the fonts that we want you to use, etc. So you get a really thought out brief about how that's going to look as a document. And we hope that you use it. That's the whole point of them. We web guys do whatever we want, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what it's all about. No, but I love that. And it actually makes, it's one of those things as well. If you've got a well thought out brief, say for a website with all that stuff, it makes the process faster. Oh yeah. Faster means it's less expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about time yep. so um you can but save money quickly, at one end and lose money at the other end right right how quickly a logo as soon as you pass over the files how quickly a logo can be destroyed as well is crazy <laughs> the moment it goes into word and someone doesn't hold that shift key when they <laughs> when they're, they're scaling down. it and they stretch it exactly uh, please, I beg you, the entire world, never ever give someone your logo in a Word document. It's annoying. No. <laughs> it's really, really annoying. But this is where, so you, you would actually give a pack to, to a client where you would get the, the full, you know, EPS, PNG, JPEG, whatever you. Yep. Say. I mean, you paid for it, it's yours. It's not mine. <laughs> in the difference, the negatives, the, you know, so the black and white, the, the reverse options, etc. Yep. Very so good. hopefully you don't come back and say, I've destroyed it. <laughs> Look, that's just a small primer on logos and, and some of the work you do. I know you do a lot more. You do a lot of gracious stuff. I actually want to move on to something else mm -hmm. that I know you do. And I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in this because we live in a social media world. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got into that reasonably early. And I think technically you're probably what they call uh, an influencer. <laughs> you got, you comfortable, I don't. <laughs> are you comfortable with that title? I don't know. I don't. It makes me uncomfortable. Too bad. Too bad. I'm just gonna call you one. <laughs> That's just how it is. I don't know how acceptable it is. I don't know. People kind of cringe at it. Well, what is an influencer? Sorry. What is an influencer? Well, I think anyone can influence. I don't. I mean, you could be someone with no followers and still be influential. I just don't put a number on it. I don't think it needs it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it's more about the impact you have on the numbers you've got rather than the numbers you have. I think so. Even though we're probably, you know, in, I guess, the Instagram world, it's all based on numbers. You know, as much as people say it's not, it's still very much. So from your point of view, the number matters in terms of whether people want to pay you to mm. product yeah. and that's what you do right you you get paid to use product in some of your your posts yeah, yeah. very few posts but <laughs> most of your posts you're not getting paid for they're just what you love to do is that is that right well i kind of i guess it started as a hobby when instagram started so probably six years ago maybe when i took it a little bit more seriously um uh, and I guess influencers weren't really a thing. It was probably more in the blogger world, you know, yeah. that that kind of thing started. Um, I guess those girls who were really big on um, the blogs at that time transferred everything onto Instagram and probably you know, they're the ones with the millions of followers now. But I guess um, I just started directly on Instagram. So I just started putting up photos, you know, a bit of travel. It was all a bit random. Um, and then it kind of just evolved into, I guess, it, 
I guess my love for design kind of came through um, with packaging and, you know, product design, that kind of thing. So that kind of grew into um, a bit more of that. And then um, it just grew. I don't know how, but. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you got a paltry 95, 100,000 followers, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> for those stable. for those of us that are struggling to get to a thousand, <laughs> that ain't too bad. Um, and and how have you found that over the last few years with Instagram? Is it, is your following still like what you did years ago? Does that still work today? I'd like to say some of it works, but it's a whole new ball game. I mean, there's so it's so saturated now. You know, there's so many people using the platform that it's so competitive. Um, I would say now whenever I post, it doesn't reach the people that I maybe used to reach. Um, and the way it gets out there, obviously the algorithm and all that, you know, that's all very much different to what it used to be. When, it, I guess, when it was chronological, it was, you know, people who followed you just instantly saw it. Whereas now that algorithm's determined by what people are double tapping all the time. So. Yeah, so if they're not liking what you're doing, they're, they're not even seeing you down the track. Yeah. So I guess in terms of um, what I post years ago was just what I liked. Okay, this photo worked. I'll note that down. I'll um, might try it again. And they usually, you know, the ones that took off would work and they'd, you know, you'd gain a few followers, you know. Whereas now, if I were to take that same shot now, not the same effect right. so the strategy is very much different if you want to call it a strategy <laughs> you just hit and miss well, well you you focus very heavily on uh, makeup mm. is that fair to say makeup yeah, beauty makeup, makeup. lifestyle I, I actually follow you, but I'm absolutely not interested in any of that stuff, but I follow you. You're a fan. Thanks. But I absolutely love the design elements of what you do. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't yet seen what you mm -hmm. do, most people listening here, it's designed by Iconic. We'll put that in in the show notes. Here. Maybe like, right here. <laughs> right down below us, we'll, we'll put those links so you can have a look. Is there a term for the way you present? Um, I guess I would be heavily influenced by colour. So I tend to, I used to be very random and just post whatever. Um, but I tended to get a little bit more traction, I guess, when things were a bit more, I guess, aesthetically pleasing. You know, people were a bit more drawn to, say, an all pink theme or, all, you know, certain colours. So my feet, I guess, over the years is just, I'll work in nine squares. Every nine squares, I change a colour kind of thing. Sometimes it goes off the track, but, you know, majority of the time, I think, I guess when you're looking at a feed overall, when someone's scrolling through, um, you would see just colour. I guess a lot of my photos are quite detailed, but um, there's an overall theme of colour. Every nine squares. Do you think that matters as much these days? Do you think only when people go in and have a look at your yeah. your profile? I guess. I guess the first. I guess the first nine squares are the most important. It's what people are going to see when they first get onto your profile, and that's. I guess the whole aim is just to get someone over on there in the first place. Um, so, 
either you get found just randomly by someone and then that first point of call, like a website, I guess, is that first grab of that screen and am I going to like this person and is that going to make me follow them? You mentioned that your photos are, are really quite detailed and, and, and that's, they're not just detailed, they're, they're meticulously laid out. They're, they are works of art. Nothing. How long does it take you to put the average post together? Uh, if it's a flat lay that's, I guess, colour coordinated and that kind of thing, an hour <laughs> from start to finish probably. And then everything in between, I guess, because then you've got stories to put up and I do a little, you know, behind the scenes or a time lapse or you've got to make it worth worth its while if you're going to spend that amount of time on it. And now I'd say that's pretty quick. I, I would have thought longer, to be honest. You've probably gotten very fast at it over the years. Yeah, a bit of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and lighting and I guess as a photographer as well, you've probably got a, a pretty good... Um, I get the lighting thing a lot, but I don't use any. You need to come and fix my lighting, uh, Carissa, because I'm looking <laughs> a little washed out here. Or maybe, I don't know. All right. got to sort no, my foundation well, out or something. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I think for my flat lays, I don't use any artificial lighting. So whenever someone asks me, natural light always. Even sometimes direct sunlight, you know, depending on if I want the shadows or not. But um, trying to get as much light as possible, just natural Natural light. I don't have that option here, really, unfortunately. There's <laughs> nothing, I do, nothing you can do with this anyway. It's probably better I turn out the lights. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sure we've had this conversation that today it's a little bit harder to get that traction that mm -hmm. you once had. And you, you, I know you've moved more, a lot towards stories as well. Has that, has that been um, impactful? Definitely. I think stories, I guess, I don't ha they don't have to be as thought out as, you know, what, you've, what you would post on your feed because it's hopefully what you post on your feed is going to stay there. Um, the stories only last 24 hours. So um, I think they're almost more important now. People like to see behind the scenes and, you know, just people like to have a sticky beak, I guess, into other people's lives. So... And I mean, it just depends how much you're willing to put out there too. Some people, I guess, get the following because, you know, they're happy to talk to a screen all day. Like, <laughs> but I mean, I don't show, I guess, a lot. I do a lot of um, reviews and that kind of thing, but I'll do the odd little talking thing or, you know, a behind the scenes. If I do a time lapse, I tend to get the most views because people think it's really satisfying to watch. <laughs> How do you do time lapses? What do you use? Just on my phone. Just your phone? Just, Just use a tripod. Yep. Sometimes uh, I'll, I used to put it together from scratch and it used to take me way too long. Now I tend to do an undoing of the flat lay and reverse it. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So do all your okay. photography and then pull it apart? Yes which is a little little less pressure. <laughs> Very clever. Yeah. Do you then flip that around so it looks like you're putting it together? Or yeah. do you... That's smart. Sometimes I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, I hadn't noticed. Like I said, I probably that's don't think that much notice, but I, <laughs> you know, but that's fascinating. And 
do you do you actually like you do the the time lapses and stuff do you talk on video use video and that, and that sort of stuff as well occasionally um the more i put out there i guess the more traction you would get um i tend to see my views go up if i'm showing more but it's just i guess how much you're willing to show as well <laughs> how comfortable you are <laughs> well here's a question for you you started doing it as a hobby at some point in time you also got I don't know how big a percentage of what you do is is um, paid for. I would say maybe five percent. So a relatively small number. So yeah. it probably answers the question: Would you do it if you didn't uh, get paid for it? I've <laughs> always said, if Instagram went tomorrow, would I start again? I probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't. <laughs> no. So I might it. have my life back. And what about other social media platforms? What about Facebook? What about Twitter? What about TikTok? I'm terrible at all of them. I do have a TikTok account, but I've never posted. Okay. Well, I'm two posts ahead of you then. <laughs> That's right. I'm terrible at Facebook. Yeah, Twitter I've never really got on. But um, yeah, Instagram's, I guess I put all my effort into that. So would you be of the opinion that perhaps it's good to be focused on one and be really good at it? Or as other people say, be on everything? Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It hit and miss, I guess. I mean, you've got to be there to give it a go. So I would try it all. And if yeah. one took off, you can focus a bit more. But I mean, I have my Instagram hooked up to a, a page on Facebook and I just, they instantly post out there. But um, I think most people view my work on Instagram anyway. And are you a big Instagram consumer yourself? Like you're posting, but but yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm I'm on it all the time. I guess I see it as, I guess for business, I look at at it for inspiration for other work, mm -hmm. uh, but I also see it as what what are other people doing that I'm not doing that I could potentially be doing. So I mean, there's a lot of people out there using it for business as well. So I follow a lot of other brands and a, a lot of other influencers as well. What would you say, okay, I'm putting you on the spot here, but um, given that you, you are looking to see what other people are doing as well, what would you say would be some great tips for people who want, want to increase their Instagram following or just their social media following in general? What, what are things that people could do that mm -hmm. could have an impact? Uh, you've got to post consistently. That's my main thing. I give myself either one or two days off a week but I'm posting every day. Um, and also you've got to dedicate an hour, you know, whatever time you think is needed. But I reply to every message that I get, any DMs, um, but I also leave comments for other people as well. So like interacting with other people. Um, I think you've got to think of it that now that the algorithm plays such a huge role, what does the algorithm want me to do? So it needs me to like other like-minded businesses or profiles. And I've got to, I mean, I'm the consumer as well as people coming to me as a brand as well. So you've got to be seen to be interacting with one another as well. There's a bit of a clue in the name, you know, social media. Yeah. It's that social element, I guess. And that's what's, what's really come to the last few years. Yeah. That, you get points for actually being social if you like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What what else? 
Um, what else? I guess Just, stories as well. You've got to be active on there as well. I mean, you, yeah, I was going to say, you spend a lot of time making your stuff really beautiful because that's what it's about. But do you think that matters? Is that the most important thing or? Definitely not. I mean, there's people out there, I guess, influencers out there that just post because I guess they've either got a YouTube channel or whatever. So they've got kind of a presence, um, but they're just posting, you know, it could be just a selfie or whatever, but this is what I'm doing today. And it's an unedited, just raw photo. And, you know, that can just be as successful as one of my photos that I've spent hours on. Like, there you go. I'm going to mention that because I don't want people to get hung up on thinking that every post they do requires hours of work. And no. I mean, and it depends on the type of, I mean, a normal business, um, whether it be like a clothing label or whatever, you could be, it could be a repost of someone else wearing your clothes. It doesn't have to be, you know, a heavily styled photo shoot, you know, pristine photos every time, you know, I think um, that's where a lot of brands go to, I guess, influencers to take content for them. And, you know, you've got to, you know, pull all your resources together so that you're not spending, I mean, for a business, Instagram's part of the business, but it's not the be all and end all. Like, it's just another point of call to get a new client or, yeah. and that's what I see mine as. It's um, almost like a portfolio for my photography work. Um, I, I used to go out and kind of hustle for, you know, design work, whereas now, I post um, my photography work. I do a bit of typography, you know, bring in all my design skills and that's gained me work, even just posting that kind of stuff. So it's just like another avenue. Another portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. Um, any other tips you've got for? Well, it's tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie. It's, you, you know, you've got to spend a lot of time committed to it. Um, so consistency, posting every day, stories, I mean, showing behind the scenes of, you know, day in the life, like this is what goes behind the scenes in, you know, our coffee shop or, you know, yep. like having a bit of a sticky beak. So well, that's I think it depends very much on the type of business you're in. So mm -hmm. I'm very pragmatic about this sort of stuff. I, I talk to people a lot about their social media accounts and, and people get very hung up on it. I have a slightly... Um, well, I'm interested in return on investment and times an investment. Mm. So you've also got to factor in, you know, uh, whether it's actually bringing you in sales. That's right. And if you're putting hours and hours and hours and you're getting nothing, mm. you'd have to question whether it's worth the investment. Then it becomes yeah. more about a, a vanity exercise and, and it's right. more about ego then. Um, so, which is fine as long as you're aware of it, right? Right. You know, but if you're running a business, the objective is to to have get your brand out there, to make right. people aware, to generate traffic into the place yeah. where you can actually sell your goods and services. So I'm, I'm very conscious of that return on investment. And I've seen this many times when you're looking at people's, you know, analytics and they're putting all this effort into social media. And yes, they're getting likes, but when you look at whether that's generating traffic into their yeah. site, it's minimal. Yeah. Um, so I, I tend to be sort of, yeah, be aware as well. Yeah, you could be completely wasting your time. If it, I mean, not, I, I guess not all businesses need to have social media. Like, is it relevant? It obviously depends on the business, but um, 
is it going to be a business? I mean, you can have a presence on social media, but whether people are going to follow it is another thing. Um, it might be nice to have, but it's not the be all and end all that. Yeah, I think I think you've got to look at your business. You've got to look at what your objectives are as a business and mm. whether it is in fact meeting those objectives. That's right. I think if you have a product, a physical product, Instagram's perfect. You can have swipe up links. It can go directly to, you know, people can shop immediately. Um, and I think that's really like if someone's on their phone, they're just going to swipe up, click, pay, you know, it's done. Like it's, yeah. um, that, I think that's really good. And now you can do sponsored ads, you know, you can pay to have it seen. So I think that's the thing from my point of view as the guy who goes in and tries to help people get their visibility up on the web, try it, measure it, change it, measure it, change yeah. it, measure it, make decisions, you know, and, and, um, you know, focus on the areas that are actually generating you income. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it's all just hit and miss a lot of the time. I mean, I sell my stationery, but majority of the time, if I post it on my feed, um it'll get likes you know oh it's a pretty photo whatever um but if i post it on stories and i put a swipe up link i'm getting sales oh that's interesting so it's a lot quicker and it's just that instant swipe up you know and i think there's obviously more of a presence now with stories being that it's at the top of everyone's feed so I see it as I've got to keep posting something every day, like just so that you're that first little circle someone sees every day. And then you've got to, I guess, create kind of engaging content there as well to keep people tapping through or else they're just going to swipe to the next person. I think that's an interesting point. So if you're getting results out of stories for selling product, then people, it's mm -hmm. worth, worth trying try it and measure it that's really the i think that's the the key you have to measure those results yeah and find and out once you've got that business account i get what are you going to have now Ten thousand to be Something able to like swipe that. up which is yeah. Crazy. A bit unfair. but um once you've got that business account too you can go in behind and you can see how many people i'm reaching how many impressions and then you can get that gender um, balance too and you can see age groups you know who's actually viewing my content and I mean same as on a website as well you can kind of yep. get all these analytics um, which is super important I mean you know you used to have that kind of um, data that you could drive that traffic to your site or even on Instagram now so you can really engage with those you know the audience that you want for your business yeah, those insights are really important. I think it's really important to, to look at those reports, yep. analyze the results and target based on the results. I mean, when I apply for jobs, so I've got contacts with PR agencies and brands directly, they want a media kit from me that has a breakdown of who I target and who, who my Instagram reaches. So is, I've got something like 75% of female um between ages 18 and 35 i think is my main demographic um and then obviously each image is a different impression um but brands will come and ask for those rates because they want to say okay what kind of demographic are you reaching 
we've got this product that we want to promote you know they want to see return on their investment too so they're passionate so they want to know that they're targeting the right audience um as long as you're also accepting the product knowing that you know you're going to tell the truth unless you're willing not to ethical uh, influencing yeah i'd like to say so it's the same as a business you are the PR agency for your business. You you are the and you are the influencer within your business. Mm, it's just yeah. like pressing it all into one. Mm. So it's important to, to know those numbers. And you've clearly demonstrated to me that I am so far out of your demographic. Um, <laughs> I've got some other I'm gonna have to unfollow you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But you know, you, you know, I only comment on the coffee posts. That's pretty much the, the important ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um I really appreciate you coming along and having a chat with us today. I'm sure there's probably a million um, could go on we could talk about and go on and on and on about. Um, I, hope, I hope you'll pop up and, and join us in the group. I'm not sure if you're there or not. But, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. But, you're trying. But what I do hope is that people will follow you on Instagram and uh, get a, have a look at what you're doing. Yeah. yeah if you've got um, open. leads, Chris is great. Because she's my and all my DMs, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm happy to. Um, no, I get questions all the time about how to take a photo. You know, what equipment I use. So yeah, I'm happy to share all the any kind of knowledge I've got. You know, happy to help. Brilliant, I know you are. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, thank you very much. Um, we will um, we will talk soon. I'll I'm get, sure. I'll get you <laughs> and I'll stop recording. But um, once again, I'll put all your, your links, etc. Good. We have to do this, right? But oh. below, below, <laughs> below this video so people can uh, can have a look at your website and your products and, and uh, follow you on um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.